What do you mean? If someone is covering up a system defect, there's potential for critical failure on a global scale. If Touchboy has a catastrophic failure, it can create something far worse than the very thing we're trying to prevent. What we call a geostorm. Oh, uh, wait, slow down, Chang. All right, uh, a what? A geostorm. Simultaneous catastrophic weather events triggered all over the globe. Once they pass a minimum threshold, the storms will start causing new storms, like a chain reaction, until they merge together. So we gave the Superstorm from the day after tomorrow, I think a 20, it was a perfect 5 out of 5 for every category on the villain scale. Like, what does a Geostorm get on the villain scale? I, I don't know. We'll have to find a movie where the Geostorm is the actual villain of the movie, though. <laughs> and not Ed Harris. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Oh, whoa. It threw me off. Like, right? I, I have a lot to say about this, by uh, the Ge- way. Geostorm is actually the henchman of the movie. Yeah. So. That's a... That's a, that's a I, I, I'm not to go too deep into this, but I think we're going to have an interesting villain scale today. But t- to be to be continued. Anyway, continued. welcome we'll back. To that later. This is episode 118 of the Last Row podcast, or as some would call it, the Piodcast. If yeah. you are new to the show, thank you for checking us out. Check our website out, thelastrowpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at the Last Row Pod. Anywhere you are on social media, and if you're enjoying the show please consider subscribing on both Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and leaving us a five-star review. We got a new review. We'll read it at the end. Woo. And thanks to everyone who's done so, so far. Hi, Badway. How are you? Not not great, if I'm being honest. Because are you in a geostorm right now? Yeah, I'm in, I'm, I'm in a geostorm of emotions because typically, you know, we, we do movies that we've seen before in the past, you know, and kind of see how they hold up between past and present upon rewatch. Rewatchable movies, if you will. Uh, yeah, if you will, if you must, if you have. But we we rolled the dice here, didn't we? And, and we we loved we love disaster movies. Yeah. Um. So we're flipping through the HBO Max catalog and came across Geostorm, which I thought looked like a very fun disaster movie where people are going to be out running tsunamis and whatnot and hailstorms. <laughs> As it the like a great poster time. would have you believe. Yeah. I thought it was going to be George, uh, George Gerard Butler <laughs> in America. Butler. We, in America, we call him George. Um, <laughs> George Butler. I thought we were going, you know, I thought we were going to have him punching waves and yeah. you know h- hitting hitting hail with baseball bat or something, right? That's what I was hoping for. Didn't really get that, did we? We we've done our fair share of disaster flicks. I'll have to put them in the show notes. I we've done what The Day After Tomorrow with Dennis Quaid, we've done uh, Dante's Peak with Pierce Brosnan, we did San Andreas with The Rock. There's probably some others that we've done. I can't remember. 118 episodes later. Yeah, it's just I was a little disappointed that what we got was like a space mystery, which I didn't sign up yeah, for at all. I was pleasantly surprised, yeah, my so, friends. All right, so let's get into it. So the movie is Geostorm, October 20th, 2017. Drew, did you know this movie existed? I did. Before a week, a week ago. It got panned. Like, I, I was following the buzz around. Like, look, I'm not a guy that's going to go rush out to watch this stuff. Like, it, back in the day when we were working in the theater, when I was working in the theater and you were a blockbuster, this is something that I probably we probably would have watched. But yeah. I didn't go out and see this in the theater on October was, 20th. Was this in the theaters on October yes, 20th, 2017? It was, it was, it was because, a big deal because people were dumping all over it. I remember it was like, oh, this movie's terrible. Because, uh, you know, working at Blockbuster, this the cover looked like the type of cover that would have been a direct-to-video. But that's... Yeah. It got the buzz that Sharknado did for how, quote, bad it was. I remember it was like a thing. 
right. Runtime, one hour, 49 minutes. Thankfully, just right. That's just right. Just right. Sci-fi action slash disaster directed by our boy, Dean Devlin. <laughs> Which there's nothing to say about. Dean. I'm pretty sure this was his first directorial debut, if I recall yeah. correctly. He's he's more of a producer than a director. When I looked him up, um, he's most known for being a producer on on Independence Day, which good for him. Okay, and right. uh, and the P Diddy Godzilla, not not the more recent Godzilla, the 1998 Godzilla. Is that the with the Matthew McCona or not McConaughey, uh, Matthew Broderick, right? Yes, Matthew Broderick. I, I, I never seen I that call, movie. I called the Diddy one because it had uh, he did the. Uh, the, what you call it, the Led Zeppelin remake oh, or whatever. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so that's the Diddy one to make. Shame on me, I have never seen <laughs> this movie. So. Yeah, yeah, no need, no need. Don't go back. Dean, the so, Dean Devlin. So yeah, this guy, this guy, he's, he's has, uh, he's, he's wet his beak in disaster films. So okay. he, knows what, he knows what he's doing. A collaborator and, uh, of uh, yeah. Roland Emmerich, I believe, if we're, yeah. if I'm correct. And I got to say, like, the, the disaster scenes, as few as they are in here, fewer than advertised, they looked pretty good. Like they were well directed. It's just I wish there were more of them. Right? Did you say give me more? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So uh, yeah, IMDb five point three out of ten. Too high. Too low. Too high. That's <laughs> <laughs> about right for me. It's about yeah. right for me. Rotten Tomato seventeen percent. Too way too, too low. Come too on. too low. Too high. Too high. <laughs> too low. Too high. Get out of here. <laughs> this is not a seventeen percent. No way. I know it's more like twelve. Right. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. There you go. I'll give it to you. Met- <laughs> Metacritic twenty one percent. Too low. Too high. Too low. <laughs> Letterbox two point one out of five. Too, Way too, too low high. for too this high. kind of. This is like a popcorn flick. Give it. This to is me. this is the rare movie where you and I disagree. I I liked this movie for the record. We'll talk more about that in a minute. But I liked it. Uh. So what's this movie about? After an unprecedented series of natural disasters threatening the planet, the world's leaders come together to create an intricate network of satellites to control the global climate and keep everyone safe. Did you guys get all that? Yeah. So they built a thing to stop weather from happening, which is great in theory. But now something has gone wrong. The system built to protect Earth is attacking it, and it becomes a race against the clock to uncover the real threat before a worldwide geostorm wipes out everything and everyone along with it. Look, I'm with you. I didn't know what this was about, and I purposefully didn't read the synopsis. I just watched it. I was like, oh, cool, a disaster film. I saw the cover. I was like, cool. I didn't know it was going to be like a political espionage thriller. Yeah. It was a political and, space thriller. Yeah, and and the, the reality that, that, that hit me was like, especially when you were reading that, right? The world's leaders came together to create this thing to stop weather. Like, no, what would actually happen is like someone would find a way to weaponize it like they did. That's how you know this is fiction because yep. it doesn't, there's no way the world would come together to work on this yeah. at all whatsoever. One com- one country would try to use it against another country like you saw in this movie. And just for the record, we are going to be talking about spoilers. So if you haven't seen this, either go watch it right now. You already had it spoiled. In the guys, 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 guys. Don't or do, or don't. Movie. Don't watch this movie. You're fine. We're, we're going to give you compelling reasons to watch it, I yeah. think. No, so don't, don't watch the movie. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just watched that movie, Don't Look Up. It's like an FX movie with... Uh, with Leo and Jennifer Lawrence and all that. And it's very similar. It's, it's obviously a better movie and more towards comedy, but it's the similar thing of building a thing to stop a threat of earth and the government weaponizing it. That kind of thing. That's what would happen. Yeah. It's well, we talked about an independence day, so we'll get, we'll get into it, but let's go through some of these taglines. Some of these are pretty good. And I'm going to, I'm going to say that, you know, the movie might be bad, but the taglines are good. And, there was an awesome tagline Reddit thread the other day that we were talking about where it's like they were talking about best taglines, but let's see if any of these make that list. 
All right, ready? Yes. Geostorm colon brave the storm. Already we're good. I like it. All right, I like one. it. Ready? Yeah. Some things were never meant to be controlled. Dot dot dot. Heaven forbid those same things should ever control us. Too long, and Too don't long. bring, don't put God in my tagline. <laughs> all right. This is my favorite one, maybe of like all of the taglines we've ever had. By the way, like right now, ready? Okay. Geostorm surfs up. Dot dot dot. Way up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Too, it too, make any too funny. Sense. Too funny. It's hilarious, but that's too funny. It kind of doesn't even make sense because yeah. nobody's surfing. Like I get it that the sur- the surf the, su- is the tsunami is like with the cover of the, the, the. I get it within the sense of the poster. Yeah. Where where's like uh, Bodhi at? During in Dubai, right? Where somebody's yeah. gonna be like, "Hey, man, that's a wave. I gotta surf that. You gotta, thing. You gotta surf that wave, man. That's what it's all <laughs> about. Get it. That's what it's all about." Bodhi Safa. Uh, yeah. Some things were never meant to be controlled. Two hours. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Why not? This one, this one is the most obvious. Control the weather, control the world. Okay, okay. I like surfs up, but that's it's too cheesy. But I yeah, think this is bad. Brave the storm is is best, but I feel like it doesn't fit the movie because no, the, the movie's not about braving the storm. It no. is the movie's about control the weather, control the world. So there's your winner. Yeah, it's make the storm. Yeah. Financials. Is this the highest budgeted movie we've done, like ever? Oh, Maybe well, I'd have to go back. Maybe we but did Batman versus Superman or something like that. That's true. Yeah, and I don't know if we were tracking budget back then, but this okay. one was one twenty to one thirty million million estimated. That that is a lot of money. And why did they Why did they spend so much money on this? <laughs> because they went to the they they made a withdrawal bad way. They went in yeah, and they made a withdrawal. withdrawal. I mean, they, I guess there were some elaborate space scenes and all that, but like I don't know. I don't, it, there was yeah. a lot of special effects, and yeah. you know they they sent Gerard Butler to space. They they built a space station. They, yeah, <laughs> like to space, imagine it was yeah. real. They built a satellite yeah, sure. that controlled the weather and saved the world. They, said, they, the, they, they spent a lot on catering. It's a bit. Judge, judge, <laughs> never mind. Never. That was mean. That was mean. <laughs> the guy did three hundred. He's earned it. We're, We've seen his abs. <laughs> and you've heard his accent here. Yeah. Worldwide gross return was uh, 221.6, which is not bad, right? I mean, where did this movie come from? I've never heard of this movie until last week. Yeah. Like, I've never heard of this. No. And it made that much money. I assume this was like some direct on demand piece of crap. It's a theater movie, man. This is what this, these are the theater. Remember, remember the core? We watched the core (laughs) where the main actors are Gerard Butler, Ed Harris, and Andy Garcia as the president. Like, this is. (laughs) This just blows my mind. Like it's you never just saw good for it. Good for it, man. Good for so it. So you never, you legitimately never heard of this movie. No. Wow. Never. I, this was a very. It was all over the news of oh, this movie's a piece of garbage, and yeah. it was making a lot of money. It yeah, was like I, a thing. No, I I only chose it because I was flipping through HBO Max and I saw that Gerard Butler was allegedly going to fight a storm, and I was in. <laughs> I was misled, but I oh, was he in. fought a storm. All right. I had no idea it was this famous or like this this worldwide uh, phenomenon. What was 20, the other one we were, we were trying to choose between? What was Rampage the other one? with The Rock? Oh, Rampage. Rampage. Yeah. So, yeah. so I don't know if anyone's interested in this, and so we'll just put this out there. Send us an email at the last row podcast at gmail.com or leave a comment anywhere on social media. We've been talking about doing listener's choice, and I don't know, you know, maybe we have disaster movie week and we let, you know, you all who are listening pick the movie, right? We pick a theme and then we pick. If you're interested in that, let us know because I I would like to pick something that you guys like. We were trying to decide between oh. the two of these, and we went Geostorm. Maybe you want, we, maybe we picked the wrong one. You want a disaster podcast? You're gonna let these yeah. guys pick the movie. Huh? <laughs> yeah. You're gonna let these guys. Well, I'm saying put two choices out there of something that we would do, and you know let the listeners pick between Rampage no, or. I, 
I think it would, I think it would be funny to let the listeners sabotage us. Yeah, sabotage us to do the worst just one that we could possibly joking. do. Just joking. All the listeners like the same movies we do. Just joking, <laughs> guys. Just joking. Uh, there's really nothing to mention for awards outside of the ASCAP awards for this one. Ooh, the I ASCAP. Think it was. Oh, yeah. It won a top film score award, even though it's marked Ghost in the Shell in 2018. Where'd you pull it from? IMDb. Yeah, so. okay. Yeah, there was a mistake on IMDb. Interesting. Yeah, so other than the ASCAP, it didn't. It didn't do anything. So mm-hmm. it was one other thing. But so we know where you stand on this. You said that this movie was not great. You you didn't like it, right? That's that's on record. Correct. So you're Correct. you're not a fan of this at all. Or was there any level that you liked it? Because what I, I mean, want to say is, like, is it really that bad? It was fine. I, I, it was watchable. But yeah, not a fan. Not a fan overall. I looked this Three up, and they said that Jerry Bruckheimer was brought in to do some production at latest like late stage and there was a bunch of reshoots that happened. They spent another $15 million on this thing because the original cut was apparently getting bad rack, bad reactions from test audiences. So I don't know. Do you think any of that might've had to do with this? Like, did it make it better? Did it make it worse? Like Bruckheimer, I mean, that's a big name, right? He's going to produce sure. this stuff. He produces all these kind of movies. Like maybe he came in and saved it from what it could have been. Do you think well, it was worse before? Uh-huh. No, I mean, just because I didn't like it. And, and I know that it got, you know, bashed at the at the critics, but it still made all that money. So obviously, uh, I'm in the minority of the of the movie goer. Even though just because the movie made money doesn't make it good, right? I mean, a lot of there's gonna right. be a lot of disappointed people walking out of the theater. You know, it's but true. You still paid your money. No, I bet it was. I bet it was um, saved. I bet it was better than it originally was. Could have been worse. Yeah, I'm just kidding. We don't really do this on this show, but I think it's worth doing because. You feel a certain way. The reviewers felt a certain way. I think we should... I pulled some reviews from Rotten Tomatoes. I know we weren't allowed to do Rotten Tomatoes for a while, but I guess because I'm not allowed to do IMDb, yeah, I'm bringing uh, Rotten Tomatoes back in. More lenient on the on the Rotten Tomatoes because... You're, the, you're all right? Okay. Okay, I'll allow it. Let's read some of these reviews, and they're like the one-liners, right? The the tagline or whatever, the, the, the hit line that you would get from IMDb, and you tell me whether you agree with this or not. Because yeah. you're you're of the fan. So I like this movie on the record. I thought it was entertaining. It's not a good movie, but I was entertained by it. So I read some negative reviews and we'll see if they're too hard on it. So this one's from Louisa Moore from Screen Zealots. She says, it's like Sharknado if it, if it had been directed by Al Gore. Two out of five. 2.5 out of five. True. <laughs> it's a good way. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Uh, here you go. Here's another one. Matt Bun- Brunson from Film Frenzy. Give Devlin credit for trying to mate a government paranoia thriller with a disaster flick, but take away points for making a movie as alternatively dull and daft as this one. 1. 1.5 out of 4. True. That's actually much more accurate than the Sharknado thing. That's actually, that guy nailed it. I think this movie doesn't know what it wants to be. It yeah. doesn't know whether it wants to be government paranoia. It was marketed as disaster flick. If they governed it, if they, if they positioned it as a paranoia film, would you have liked it better? Like, were you duped? Is that why you feel the way? Yeah, you I think I think I was disappointed. But like, also, Butler wasn't up to the task of of being like the yeah. lead investigator. Let's let's replace him with Will Smith, and I wonder yeah. what this movie does. I you know, agree. I, I agree. bet the movie is infinitely better if there's a better actor at the front. And I like Butler and stuff, but he just was not good. In no, this not today. At all. Not today. He not wasn't today. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's a bunch of these here too. Like yeah. uh, this one's funny. It says uh, from Francis Friel from Mountain Express. It says at least they try to go weird with it, which I always appreciate. Two out of five. Fair. Uh, this one, Cinellipsis, Federico Frizan. Bad filmmaking doesn't even work when lowering standards. The premise is just ridiculous. 
I, you know, a I'm fine of, with the yeah. I'm fine with the premise being ridiculous. It's, it's too quiet. Same. A couple of the good ones are interesting. So th- this one's uh, Ma- Maddie Lucas from the front row, not the last row. Whoa, now sister, a sister. This station. is a positive review, and it says a gleefully over the top pop trash, a piece of pop <laughs> trash that has but one thing on its mind and delivers it with such conviction that manages to succeed on its own terms. Two point five out of four. Yeah. Not really good, but not bad, right? Yeah. There's a bunch, right? But I. I I just think it's a stupid movie and, you know, who says it better than Randy Meeks of Espinoff for when the brain begs to watch the exact opposite of a Brady film. It's a fun popcorn movie that's also absurd and forgettable. Sometimes we need a geostorm in our lives. Yeah, can you I, argue I just, with that? Yeah, I can. I thought it was too dull. I thought it was too dull to be fun. And that, that was the biggest thing. Yeah. It, it wasn't ridiculous enough. It tried to take itself a little seriously. The the best one, and I'll, I'll give a shout out to Tim Costa from the First Time Watchers podcast, and this describes my exact feelings for this movie. It says, there's only one man who can save humanity, and his name is Gerard Butler. Frozen seagulls fall from the sky. Abby Cornish plays a badass Secret Service agent. A man outruns fire tornadoes and falling buildings in a smart car. There's a 90-minute countdown to the geostorm. A henchman has a scar on his face. Gerard Butler solves the problem by turning the computer off and on again. Ed Harris pulls a rocket launcher from the trunk of a car to blow up the president of the United States. Five stars. I couldn't have said it better. Tim says it best. So let's, anything else you want to say about that? No, I mean, he, he summed it up pretty good. I mean, those are the highlights, right? Those, those are the highlights. That's the movie in a nutshell. And we're not really going to talk about plot here. We'll talk about some of the random things, but I think Tim nails it. And But that's why I like this, because I wasn't expecting it, and it surprised me, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, maybe maybe you, dear listener, would enjoy it with our warning of what this movie actually is. If you go in thinking it's a disaster movie, it's really not. Right. It's yeah. a it's a political spy thriller that yeah. just happens to have weather manipulation yeah. in it, right? Instead of a terrorist attack, it's a weather attack. <laughs> Didn't you say that it was on a it made an IMDB list or something? What was the list? Oh, uh, was it the shite shite movie night? <laughs> the British shite movie night. It was number eight, right? Number eight. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Which yeah, like, I guess it fits in that. If you're looking for a be- good bad movie, maybe maybe this is your movie. I don't know. It's maybe my you movie. like Gerard Butler. Let's talk about Dutch Boy, man. We got to talk about Dutch Let's Boy. Talk about it. Should we try to break down the science of this thing? Like what? I don't know. They, I don't know if they work? did. So whatever it is, we're making it up. So so there's this satellite net of satellites called Dutch Boy, and as you heard in the synopsis, it was created to stop the world from having like ridiculous weather patterns and. I think Gerard Butler's daughter narrates the beginning or something, and she's talking yes. about like how this thing works and the world came together, as Badway mentioned earlier. Like, what do you think about this thing? Is it the most genius invention of all time? Yeah. So, long story short, the world is going to hell in a handbasket, um, where every single possible, I don't know, natural disaster is overtaking major cities, um, not just coastlines, everywhere, and. It's either figure out a way to quote unquote control the weather or the world's going to be swallowed up by this thing. So Gerard Butler, genius science that he is, teams up with other leaders from other countries and they all collectively build this this basically weather fighter that's positioned way up in space that, I don't know, through satellite technology, does it like yeah. beam? Does it or does it like change the atmosphere to which stops the storm from happening? I don't I don't quite follow. They said they used like moisture and and some other things to like change yeah. the weather. Now there's yeah. conspiracy theorists out there that say that other countries are already doing this right now, mm-hmm. <laughs> manipulating weather patterns. 
But yeah. I, like, you know, how this wasn't already weaponized and the fact that they said it was malfunctioning, like the first thing I went to was like, this thing's not malfunctioning. Somebody's using this thing as a weapon. Yeah, but but in reality, it's the best way to combat it from being weaponized is to have everyone's hands in it, right? Yeah, it's exactly. It's the ultimate checks and balances to have United States working with Russia, working with China, working with Korea, you know, working with the UK, everybody, to have everybody's hands in it just so that we can check each other and make sure this is on the up and up. Well, there, there's a whole thing, and the, the, the beginning of the movie talks a lot about this, but the politicians owning this thing, right? Gerard Butler is the person that really mastermind and spearheaded the building of this thing. But what happened was the the politicians in the U.S., like they had to hand it over, I guess. The U.S. had control of this thing, and in two weeks they were going to give it away or whatever. So yeah. what did you so, think about that? So what was that? The, please please clear me up because I'm not 100% like up to date on this now. So they built the thing. So it was built – and after it was in the contract that after X amount of years, maybe um, is it like a rotating? Is it a rotating list of who's in charge? Is that what this is? I think it was something like the International Space Station, where you know the, 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 there was a group of people, and for whatever reason, the United States had ownership of this thing, but they were going to give it to international control, and the politicians were just trying to fight over this thing. They didn't no. want to give it up. Well, that's the thing. Like Gerard Butler plays an American in this movie, and. Yes. He was the he spearheaded it, so I think the contract states that after X amount of years, they were going to give up power, and then the senators and the big wigs and you know in the U.S. Uh, in, in Washington were like, no, we're not going to give we're not going to give control to our yeah. thing, even though it's not our thing, it's everyone's thing. A American just so happened to spearhead it, and uh, yeah, typical typical Team America politics, sure, <laughs> just trying to take ownership for something that isn't theirs. Yeah. Well, and then they had like a whole fight too with him and his brother, right? So Gerard Butler was a lead scientist. You didn't know that his brother, who we'll talk about in a minute, was was the other person and he was up there just basically fighting with politicians. I gotta tell you, like I was actually on on Butler's side in that in that case. His name's Jake Lawson in the movie for the record. But I was on Gerard Butler's side where he was mouthing off to this stupid senator that probably has no idea what the hell they're talking about. And yeah. that guy was just being a jerk. And I liked that Gerard Butler was going at him. And I, I thought it, I, the guy deserved it because I thought he was a, yeah. a complete, mm -hmm. complete jerk. Speaking of that guy, uh, we're talking about this. The senator's name is Richard Schiff. That's the actor. He's in everything. And I don't even have a good way to describe him. He's a bald guy with a beard. And if you saw his face, you'd be like, oh, that guy. That quintessential, guy that quintessential that guy from that thing. Let's talk about some of the disasters because – you mentioned this movie, we thought it was about the weather getting worse. It threw me for a loop when it was like, oh, the weather was fine. And then there was these starting, there was these disasters that started to happen and they thought that the Dutch boy was, was malfunctioning. So there's a bunch of these and maybe we can go through some of these things and say, which one was worse? Could you survive these? Because I'm curious what sure. you think. So maybe we could start with that deep freeze in the desert, which was, I believe, Afghanistan, if they showed it correctly. And then there was a second one correct. in, in was it Rio in Brazil? Rio, right? yep, correct. Who outran a freeze better, Jake Gyllenhaal or that bikini girl from, from Rio? I mean, well, Jake Gyllenhaal had you know the luxury of having that library door. Yeah, and the fire which, in there, I guess. Well, I mean, the, the, the fire pit and then that door like really stopped the freeze. So, I mean, he didn't have to work too hard. Slam it. Bikini girl, she was dodging seagulls, dropping. She was outrunning the seagulls, Drew. Yeah. You know, she outran, the, she outran the plane, the airplane. <laughs> I so, mean, how bad would that be to die in that? Yeah. But th that's the thing, though, that it's the worst death and it's insta kill, right? But you can outrun it if you're quick enough and you don't trip. You know, and she probably she wasn't even wearing shoes, Drew. 
she was so fast because she didn't have extra weight. She she shed all of the weight. Yes, yes, that's true. Yeah, if she, this was rated R, she could have shed yeah. the bikini too. Yeah, if she was wearing jeans, she'd have been dead. Right. <laughs> sure. Especially if they got wet. Yeah. You can't be right. running wet yeah, jeans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if it was a little sprinkle, yeah, you're dead. Um, but no, yeah, you can outrun this thing. So that's like the weakness, but the strength is one hit kill. So, I mean, I I wouldn't want to have to outrun this thing. I you know, you know you know my stance on serial killers and things chasing me. You're done. Just, just roll over and die. So, so you just be sunbathing on the beach and you see the yeah. freeze coming and you're just you're done. I just my head, my head, my hands behind my head. I'd be like, I'm not moving. Freeze me if you want. I'm not you're, going anywhere. You're like the people in Pompeii yeah. where it's like the you know the disaster of the the volcano of Pompeii and it's like you see them mm-hmm. in the position they were. So you were just sunbathing and you're just yeah. you're just dead there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're just dead. Do you think if you like had like if you had like a and this is ridiculous, you know the trick where you have the lighter and like the spray to form a flame. <laughs> Do you think that would like counteract it if you like, like you have a bubble around yourself? You know, I don't know if I don't know if the the ASMR or whatever it's called. If you go, <laughs> well, you know, it makes that sound. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like the 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 spray of like a lighter. You're talking about like I don't know, like, like a some like type that of aerosol yeah, can. Yeah, an aerosol, and then like you you build yourself a yoga flame, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like do you think that would be like a force field around you? Do you think you'd be able to like bypass you could. it? I think or, that's a good way to combat it. Yeah. If they only had lighters and cans of, you know, hairspray or something. I mean, you got to be prepared. You have to be prepared. You got to do that. In these <laughs> times. What about the, so, I, I mean, I don't know how you can outrun this one, but what about that, like, I, no, I couldn't tell, was it like a heat laser that was happening and then they made it look like it was a gas leak in Hong Kong? Yeah. It was clearly like a fire earthquake, but I got the impression that Dutch Boy was purposefully shooting a laser beam to to create this like underground fire that basically created a fault line and cracked the city in half right yeah yeah so i guess it was an attack disguised as a natural disaster right look like an earthquake right and uh clearly the way to combat this is to have a smart car right yeah that goes maximum (laughs) speed 85 miles per hour that's already too fast for that yeah. car. Like, I, there's no yeah. way that thing's hitting 85. Like, I'm just imagining when we used to. Remember when we drove your Omni and we took it to yeah. the to the red line? Like, that's. Yep. Your, I bet your your Omni was faster than the smart. Car I don't know. Sure. I th- I th- it started rumbling at 70, so <laughs> I think 75 was that max. But but yeah, man, my my favorite part about that scene was as he was getting away. Like, there were cars like on his ass beeping to get out of the way because it was so freaking slow, and they ended up getting crushed. So, he but and then he survived his slow ass car because he started sooner. He, How many would it have been the honorable thing for him to pull to the side and let those guys pass him? Listen, you don't you don't go slow in the left lane, man. That's yeah, just, you don't. That's the rules of the road. You, but when the you, right lane is crushed by by debris, what do you do? You get, when you're in the left lane and you got the guy coming behind you with the truck honking, you move over. You <laughs> move no, over. I think you, he had room to the right. He didn't. He, he didn't move. He didn't move. And those poor people behind him who could have gotten away died. They died. They had a slow faster ass. car. Everyone behind his slow ass died. <laughs> that's the, guy's a, right the guy's there. a monster. I mean, those, but, those, those, that blood is on his hands. That's, it's obvious, right? And it, and he only lived just to barely tell somebody it's a conspiracy yeah, he, and die yeah. anyway. That guy was smart though. He cracked the code. It was, it was a good thing that he lived. Yeah. He gave, he gave the brother a head start, like uh, to know something fishy's going on here. You don't think he would have found out regardless of this guy? I, what was his name? Chang Long, I believe, by his, Daniel yeah, Wu was the, char- the actor. Yeah, the character's name was Chang. And, uh, no, I think he was necessary to the to the plot moving forward. Otherwise, it would have been too late. This guy, man, you know, the, the geostorm was going to happen in ninety minutes. 
what he, <laughs> the, count, the, countdown, the countdown, as Tim said. Yeah. <laughs> what about what about the tsunami in Dubai? Like we joked, somebody be surfing that thing, surfs sure. up, way up. Yeah. But oh, for sure, could you survive that? I mean, how do you? The buildings were falling over. But I like to think I'm a pretty good like wave swimmer. You know, you just backstroke it out. Live in the ocean. I backstroke it, man. Like Lieutenant Dan, get it done. Um, <laughs> Doesn't the backstroke make you immune to all kinds of like? If you backstroke, I think you're good, right? You as long as you're backstroking, your head's above water, your your, well, your face is up. Well, with the with the amount of force you got to worry about breaking your neck and your True. back, right in the ocean. But I think you got to like. Well, you talk about having the aerosol can and the lighter to like protect yourself. You got to have it on you at all times. So what if you have scuba gear? That's true. Like, does the force of the wave kill you? Or like if you just let yourself get engulfed by the water and you have you have the scuba gear to breathe, are you surviving the tsunami? I don't know. I'm asking. I'm not trying to be ignorant here. I'm just Unless asking. you get impaled by some type of like wood yeah. or something that's in because the, the debris. Because the, the buildings are falling. And by the way, these buildings, super weak. I mean, are we really, are they falling? I, the, I suppose the debris would get you. Is the super thermite in, in those buildings or something? <laughs> does, the, does that collapse via wave? I don't know. <laughs> they they definitely, some of them were falling over. Not all of yeah. them, but yeah. some of them were. It was very yeah. odd. So, Well, Dubai I, has those super tall buildings. They're asking yeah. for it, right? Right. I mean, you just, it, the, you've got a tsunami in there in the desert. You yeah. better watch out. They super top heavy. That. Super but, top heavy buildings. All what? flash, no substance. Those, yeah. those, those, those Dubai buildings. What about the tornado? I, there was like a, was it like a twin twister or something? I don't even, you see, I, no, I, it was weird. Yeah. I've got to be honest during the tornado scene, I was kind of dozing off a little bit here. So you're going to have to like help me out what happened during that tornado scene. I don't even remember myself to be honest. And I like this movie. <laughs> I tried to watch this movie twice. I completely passed out the first time. The second time during the tornadoes, I started, I started dozing off again. I feel responsible for, for this movie because even though we picked it together, like I feel responsible for it. Like, I don't know. No, I feel no. bad that you had a bad time with it. No, no, I was, no, 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 I was no. entertained. No, I mean, the nap was fine. I lied. The nap was very, very, very uh, nice. So. What, so what about, what about the way that Dutch boy was set up? Right. So you talk about Dutch boy and the disasters, but like, wasn't there this weird differentiation between the international space station itself and Dutch boy, like Dutch boy was the satellites and they were in the station but that's where the computers were. And when the thing was going down and they had a self-destruct, they made this whole big deal out of Dutch boy can't go offline. Otherwise, the world is going to succumb to a geostorm. And this was before the geostorm was even mounting. So this whole idea of like, if Dutch boy doesn't exist, the world is going to shit because a geostorm is going to take it out. Like their whole answer to turn this thing around was to shut off Dutch boy for a minute, right? Restart yeah. the computer. Are you nuts? And then blow up the space station. So. Like if the space station's offline, does that mean Dutch Boy's offline? Like I, I didn't get that part. I don't. Know I would if you think did. so, right? I think so, and I could be wrong on this because the movie does a bad job at explaining these things. But I would think if you shut it off, then you're just asking for the natural disasters to come back. Because I feel yeah. like that's I feel like it's like the way of the world at this point, and we need Dutch Boy. And Dutch Boy was such a genius invention that it's like it's an it's a necessity to live. You know, it's true. And, and let's talk about the master. Behind the thing himself, Jake Lawson, aka Mr. Dutch Boy, Gerard, Mr. Dutch Boy Butler. Like, is, this is our first Butler movie, right? I was just I about to ask that. Let me let me scroll. Like, I have his IMDb up right now. Let me do a quick thing. Um, well, this is great preparation while we're <laughs> podcasting for me to scan IMDb to see if we've done any of his movies. But I'm going to say no. I mean, we can do Olympus Has Fallen. We can do uh, Law Abiding Citizen. We can do 300, but we haven't. 
I would like to do those. I I never seen Olympus has fallen. It's yeah. a ter- perfect last row movie, mm-hmm. and I'm a fan of his. Like, right? I usually like his movies, but I'm not going to sugarcoat this. He did was you, awful in this. Did you know he was Dracula in Dracula 2000? Are you serious? He was. I did yeah. not know that. Yeah. Wow. I so. I, I'll just say for the record, like he was awful in this. He was not good. He was very good, was he? Wasn't very good. He was better than his brother, though. He was. His brother was pretty bad. And yeah. what did you know? So take this with a grain of salt, but they said that several cast and crew, even extras, noted that lead star slash producer Gerard Butler did not know many of his lines. Yeah. Which I so, don't find it hard to believe. You know what? I, I I come to think of like Ed Harris as a professional, right? When it comes yeah. to acting. Like Tony and it's Lee a good Jones. thing that they didn't really share scenes together, Gerard Butler and Ed Harris. I imagine if they shared scenes that Ed Harris would have been furious at him. <laughs> right? I cannot sanction your buffoonery. Yeah. Like I would, he would have been so mad that this unprofessional guy was just waltz in here unprepared. I I just think like he should have just kept the Scottish accent. I think I've said this before. Got to be American, got to be American. But I feel like you know, there's there's immigrants in the United States. It's a melting yeah, pot, right? Sure. You know, and w- the thing, and I've I've got to give credit to another podcast. Yeah, it's that bad. They used to talk about this all the time. But like one of the things that they used to talk about was like the actor was using all of his powers to mask his accent that it, it, it like ruined the rest of his acting abilities. Like he was acting so hard to be an American that the rest of his acting failed. I think that's that's true. true. There's certain actors who do not do accents well. And if you can't do an accent well, it's absolutely going to ruin your overall performance. I 100%, 100%. I mean, what did you think of, of him as a character? So there's, there's some things about him, right? Talk about maybe, him as a character, like he's this scientist, but what, what did you like about him? If there's anything. I liked his trailer home. Yeah. It was I liked sweet. that, but no, like they, they painted him to be this genius scientist. He created Dutch boy, right? Which is great invention, super invention, you know, top all time, all time invention, but they never like let him show his scientific prowess in right. the movie. It's all about what he did in the past. And even when he started to go on, like, this whatever Alfred Hitchcock, uh, you know, who done it in, in the space station. <laughs> like we never like see him as a scientist, like yeah. solving problems with science and, and not, not in the boring sense. Like this has been done in other movies like he's, he's never problem solving, you know? I agree with that. And I think it's the, the identity of this movie it doesn't know what it wants to be. And I yeah. think if it leaned harder into one of the others, it would have been better. But I agree with you. His trailer home is, was awesome like he had those panels and all kinds his daughter seemed super technologically advanced too they didn't give us enough of that no and he had like the great view it's florida the best trailer in all florida i can tell you that you know beachfront even you climb down the cliff and you got the ocean right there yeah Uh, what's inside of that trailer you know there's an underground uh layer there yeah he does have a layer he definitely has a layer (laughs) at least at the very least a bunker right i'm sure of it and and Did you did you like how they? I mean, he got fired by his brother, right? So we'll talk about that in a second. But like, he sort of was. They were trying to paint him as an alcoholic, but not really. It was like this weird. Uh, well, he was like aloof, right? Yeah, and that's what that's the other thing. Like, all we see him in this movie is like he feels slighted, and so he's got a chip on his shoulder. He seems like just upset, and he seems wronged. And and when he gets to the space station, he like he, he just he plays American tough guy. Yep. Which the guy kind of caught the, the, the British guy on in the ship kind of calls him out on. And that's all like we see him as is like an American brute rather than an actual like smart scientist. 
What do you think about him as a scientist? So you're saying they didn't give him enough, but I mean, we've we've talked about, we've got these other scientists on our show. We had Dennis Quaid, who was in The Day After Tomorrow. He was trying to predict this superstorm that was coming. We had Pierce Brosnan that was trying to warn everybody about Dante's peak is about to explode and nobody believed him. Yeah. We had Jeff Goldblum who's trying to rewire alien spacecraft. And then The Rock was a fire rescue, right? So he wasn't a scientist, but he was trying to help people from that massive you know fault line quake in san andreas mm-hmm. like does gerard butler hold up against these guys like i think dennis quaid's a better scientist yeah i don't think so because quaid and brosnan they like they they were actually fighting these things right or they at least quaid was trying to do a rescue mission yeah and he knew like what was safe what wasn't safe brosnan I mean, geez. I mean, if you, if there if if you're ever close to fist fighting a volcano, that was it right there. <laughs> Goldblum went into the alien hive <laughs> with his science. Pierce by Will Smith yeah. and the Rock. The Rock. The Rock punched an earthquake. That's right? true. Uh, Pier- what did this guy do? Pierce Brosnan almost had sepsis from like a broken arm <laughs> of of like being in the in the <laughs> yeah the most claustrophobic moment of all time in in, in a movie. I, you know, maybe we just need the Geostorm prequel and then we could yes. properly rate him because in the prequel, he would be fighting the original yes. weather patterns, by right? creating by creating Dutch, Dutch Boy, Boy, that's fighting it, yeah. We need that. Yeah. Would you rather that movie? I would rather. Than this movie? I would definitely rather that movie, you for would. sure. Yeah, Why? absolutely. Why do you like that? Because it's him fighting the weather. Okay. I want to see him fight the weather. I want to see <laughs> him, I want to see him with a baseball bat, smack a hailstorm yeah. back into the atmosphere. That's what I want to see. I, I have another thing that we can rate him against because it's the opposite of Dennis Quaid, which I think we we said Dennis Quaid was an amazing father, right? Because he yes. walked from Washington, D.C. to New York. Yeah, probably, in, be, probably best father in Lastro history. In the storm of, of the century, right? Not to quote uh, Stephen King here. Leaving his friends to die in the, in the cold. Leaving his buddy corpses behind just to get to his son. Which I think is funny too, because like the storm was just over then, so all he did yeah. was walk there. <laughs> it was walk there. <laughs> he walked there. He didn't do any. He didn't save his son. He no. just he just got to he him. He showed up. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Bob, here. He saved their relationship, is what he did. Yeah, he saved their. That's relationship. what it was. He, yeah. he saved. So this guy, so Gerard Butler, he, I got the impression he's divorced. Right. He shares custody with his daughter. Did you get the impression that he even cared about his daughter? I didn't. I think he's in bad, bad father barometer territory. Possible bad father barometer. Yeah. Especially like going back into space, you know, but Hey, it's, it's for, it's for the country, right? For the world. It's for the humanity. So here's my question. Now I'm going to flip this on you a little bit here. All right. When did he get divorced? Before or after? That's my question. Because if his wife divorced him while he was up in space, inventing Dutch boy to save the world, she better not have been complaining about him not spending enough time with the family. I believe that it was after. Because it better they, have been after. Yeah. I, they alluded to it, right? Butler said when Max shows up, his brother, and he's like dumping on him. And he says, you know, I lost my job. I lost my wife. I lost okay. my marriage. Okay. But who knows, right? It could have been a result of, did he go, you know, crazy because he lost his job and then he became a bad father and a bad husband? They didn't say officially, but he implied that it was after. 
Well, he lost his job. Um, it's five I years guess, before. I guess something. three years. It was three years yeah, ago. Three. So the so the so the daughter had already been born. So it's probably he probably spiraled in those three years. That's right. When he lost because he probably, was so upset. I didn't want to jump the gun and blame the wife already, because that would have been just disastrous. But even in the end, when he was about to die for the country and all that stuff, like he didn't even. It was a throwaway line of like, "Oh, take care of my daughter for me. I'm gonna go do this thing." And <laughs> yeah. it's like he had a hero complex, and look, good, good for him, right? Because otherwise, the world would have succumbed to a geostorm. Yes, and it would have been exploded and whatever. But like, I got the impression he didn't really like his daughter was just somebody that was in the movie, and she didn't like she was clearly upset. Like, and, and that's just writing. I think I think it was bad writing. Yeah. Like they could have given you more there about he cared about his daughter, made him more human. Like he seemed like this just poorly written scientist that only he didn't, cared about he science. Didn't, he didn't care. You know what? Let's just not have the daughter, right? Yeah, just take her out of the movie. What why, was the why have the Why have the daughter? Like, You know what? If they're, if we're not going to use the daughter as emotional weight, then let's just not have her. And that's Dean Devlin for you. Yeah. Let's, so Dean. what about his brother, right? Because we'll talk a little bit about his relationship with his brother. His brother's name is Max Lawson. He's like the undersecretary of state or he's like an assistant secretary of state. Handpicked by Ed Harris. Like he fired him in the movie? Like, what do you yep. think about that? Fire your own brother, man. I mean, if you're if you're messing up, if you're messing up, Drew. Gonna have to get you. He was yelling at senators in court. We, yeah, we we talked about in uh, Lost Boys. Could you bite your brother if you're a vampire? I mean, this is a similar question. Can you can you career wise bite your brother? Wipe him off. Wipe him off the scientific map here, so to I speak. Mean, if the president is telling you essentially you gotta, then maybe yeah. you do. I don't know. I mean, it's your job. Does the president does the president care about a fight between you know him and a senator? He doesn't care. He might. The president probably says that senator is an asshole behind closed doors. He's trying to get reelected here. Yeah, it's. I I mean, I guess. Yeah, what year is it? Is it is it election year? I don't think it is. I believe it is. I don't. I mean, I don't know, man. I just feel like his brother. He wasn't very good first, as you said, and he just—I didn't really get like the fact that this guy. What what was his claim to fame? Like, what did he actually do? Is he just a suit? Like, what was he actually doing? They put him in charge of Dutch Boy, but is he like a pencil pusher? Like, I don't yeah. really get it. Like, he is Max is is. I guess he was maybe keeping his brother in line all this time, but Gerard Butler was the brains behind the operation. Dutch Boy was was a joke, and like when the thing started malfunctioning, it was like, "There's one guy we gotta get. We gotta get one guy." He's the only one. Like, what was that? Yeah, but that was Ed Harris trying to place him in there because True. he underestimated him. As we find out, we find out that he's bad, so he he wanted he's going to have somebody to blame, and it was going to be it was going to be Butler, he was the patsy. But it was also believable in that hey, he's the guy that invented this thing, so we yeah, got to get him right. up there. But I, I mean, look, I don't think I could fire my brother. I don't think I could do it. I'd find a way to to cover for him again. And I, they got the imp- yeah. they gave us the impression he's been doing it for years. But yeah, especially if your brother is a family. Yeah, no way, man. Family. He, he's responsible for not being in that girl's life. Put him out on the streets. Your brother. Doesn't she even say it at some point? Like the, the niece, she says something to yeah. him, right? Yeah, she says, well, you were supposed to be a part of my life, which I heard that. And I was like, Ooh, That was a deep cut there. That was like. Even if she was joking, there's some truth to that joke. What did you think of their relationship? So was it strong enough for you because they had some some type of sixth sixth sense for each other right yeah i mean it was deep rooted but you know they drifted apart and i feel like that happens with a lot of siblings you know i think there are certain points of their lives when siblings are close and certain points where they're not close sometimes you're not close when you're younger but you're close as you get older and then vice versa and then 
you know, life events happen, one fires the other, and then, then yeah, there's betrayal. But there's always a re- reconciliation, it seems. There's always room for reconciliations. But what my favorite part of the whole movie, Drew, was, was the code thing, where Butler figures out that there's a government conspiracy going on, and he doesn't know who to trust. So he sends a comm to his brother, with this very elaborate story about he and his father and his brother going fishing, and him cheating <laughs> his father's fishing line, and his dad figuring it out and all that. Very beautiful speech. Turns out it never happened, and it was all a code, and it was the most elaborate code of all time, and the brother solved it immediately. He knew, right? It was not since Val Kilmer have we seen someone <laughs> solve codes so quickly. Clock, chess pawns. Chess pawns. Enigma. E, Enigma. Enigma. Edward, Enigma. Enigma. <laughs> Match. Match. Enigma. Match point. <laughs> no, I mean, it was a total Enigma situation. Yeah. Like, what was it? The, the cipher was his phone number, and he said yeah. something about, like, how... Yeah. Did he every, rehearse that? Every word was like lined up. So like if there's a two in the number, the second word he said was a thing. For someone to write that speech takes brain power beyond my my recognition, right? So maybe he is the greatest scientist so, of all time. That was, the, that was the most scientific thing he did was, was tell that tale, <laughs> spin that yarn, if you will. I, I I didn't I didn't catch it at first, and I was like, "Well, that was pretty wild." But I, th- you know, speaking of Max too, one other thing I'll say about him before we before we move on is the relationship with the Secret Service agent. So you know, it's just a political thriller. The only yeah. thing I'll say about this is I thought that she was bad. Like they they made that seem like she was like feeding information, yeah. right? It would have been interesting had that happened, but I feel like that's what the movie did a good job of. Is like, oh well, this person could be Kept bad. Guessing. That person could be bad. Yeah, it did keep you guessing. And yeah, it did seem, and maybe because it was so, they were trying to lay it on too thick, that maybe it was like, all right, she's not bad. Because they're trying to make her. us think that she's bad. I thought she was good. Like, she was yeah. pretty badass. She should have been in it more, in my yeah, opinion. She was, yeah, she was all right. I thought, I thought another interesting line was, what did, what did they say? There was a relationship test here, right? What, yeah. Who do you protect first, me or the president? Yeah, they, they heard her and Max Rapillo talking, who would you protect first, me or the president? You know, her fiance. I think they, I don't know if they were fiance at the time, but they might have been boyfriend. Not, not yet at that point. Yeah, but they yeah. were like, obviously a serious couple. Um, similar to the firing of the brother, like, what do you do? You know, what do you say, you know, there's terrorist threat going on in the white house. Her, she's sworn secret service to protect the president. And then there's a brother and then you got the, you got the terrorist with the gun, right? Yeah. And then the president's to the right and, and your fiance is to the left, which way are you diving? You know, there's what you say and there's what you do. So yeah. you, you could say one thing and then you know what you got to do, your duty there. Yeah. <laughs> But let's say let's say it's not a fiance. Let's say it's the father of your children. All right. Hey, you know what? You got the duty, but it's Andy Garcia. Is he really that yeah. good of a president? We don't I, know. Uh, he had strong convictions. I don't That's know. A- I, mean, I don't know his. I don't know his policies, <laughs> but he seemed to have strong convictions. He seemed like a stand-up guy. He's all right. I mean, yeah. he's all right. The only other thing I'll say about this movie is I wish Zazzy Beats was in this more. There's a whole mm-hmm. ragtag crew of people. I don't really care about them at all, but I like yeah. Zazzy Beats as like the computer hacker, and I thought yeah. she was pretty good. Like she even what is it? She big times the the code that you were just talking about. She's like, oh, it sounds like it was designed by an eight year old. Yeah, like well, come on, man, like, shit was elaborate. I liked her. I thought she was good. She should be in this more. Yeah, so. I like I like the scene where she's like in the house and she almost gets shot by the Secret Service fiance and all that. It was good stuff. You know what? For for a giant government conspiracy, the fact that she's just sitting at her desk doing whatever and he's able to just talk to her in the open and nobody yeah. hears, like that's mm-hmm. probably the most unbelievable part of the movie. True. Let's let's get to the man of the hour, the villain himself, mm. Secretary of State Leonard Deckham. 
Is that the what best, it is? Yeah, the best actor in the movie. Ed Harris, just masterful, masterful actor here. Mm-hmm. If you're new to the show, we got to put him on the villain scale. Four major categories, look, style, hideout, layer, plan, and henchman. All out of five, let's see where he lands. Got to talk about this guy. I, I don't know how you feel about him, but I think this guy secretly could have very, very high score here because his plan is ridiculous. Well, let's go through it. What do you think of his look and style? Well, yeah, there's, there's going to be plenty of problems here because... First of all, his look is what are we doing with his look? Typical suit. <laughs> Somebody get this guy a stylist for his, for his vil- for his villainy. Come on. A lot of villains are bald. I mean, I gotta give him that. Yeah. He keeps an RPG in his trunk. We're talking I about mean, accessories. He like put him in twenty four. Same thing. It's the same guy. <laughs> Typical Washington villain, right? Can we give him a, at least a good point for for having an RPG in his trunk? Yeah, but is that part? Of, yeah, I guess that's part of looking. It's style. his accessories, yeah. right? Yeah. Like he's got an accessory. accessory. Yeah. What else? I mean, there's nothing else. He gets but a maybe two. He, he gets a bonus maybe, point for the RPG, so he, he gets it a turns two. a one into a two. It's a, <laughs> what else does he have though? Like, is could you consider Dutch Boy his accessory when you think about it, or the computer virus? Like, I don't no, know. No, that's I guess that's not the really. henchman. That's the henchman. All right, we'll get Dutch Boy's Dutch Boy's the henchman. Right? It's it's pretty bad. It's a it's a very weak two, but I'll yeah. give it to we'll give it to him. What about yeah. okay? So his hideout lair, I don't even know. Like his house, like they the don't white, even show the white it. house. I don't know. Like, does he live in the white house? <laughs> Is that like, the what ultimate? Does, what does, does secretary secretary of state live? I think in his own house, but he yeah. like hangs out in the White House. I, I like to imagine that everyone that's important in Washington all lives in the White House, like a big sleepover every day. <laughs> it's, it's just a big <laughs> that's hangout. What I, that's what my that's what my juvenile infantile uh, brain processes Washington as. That's how I, much po- I'm into politics. I feel like this has to be a one because there's not like there isn't one unless no. you consider like he's got a brownstone in in, in Georgetown. That's, yeah, that's all. Yeah, what are we doing here? I mean, it's pretty standard, so yeah. we got to go one, right? Like, it's yeah. not very good. Now, th- listen, when we get to plan, like this guy's plan is like all time here. It's up there with M. Bison, maybe even more. Like, yeah. I don't even know if we can do it justice. So, there's one clip in this movie that I want to play, and I think we should just let Ed Harris explain the plan himself. What do you Fair. think? Fair all enough. All right, let's let's put it in here. Let, let's just let him say it right now. I've given you an opportunity, Mr. President. You should take it. An opportunity? Let him go. It's genocide, Leonard. You say genocide, I say preemptive strike. You've lost your mind. Tomorrow, the sun will rise. All our enemies will be gone. Wiped away as if by the hand of God. Why would you do this? Because no one else would. I'm turning the clock back to 1945, when America was a shining city on a hill, not just a bank disguised as a country. By playing God. What the hell is Dutch boy if not playing God? Ask Max, he knows science is all about playing God. Sometimes God doesn't play so nice. Drew, I don't even know if he knew how diabolical this plan was until he said it out loud. (laughs) Right? This is like, this is supervillain territory. Yeah, this is... I mean, you take Hitler and you multiply it by, I don't even know. We're talking genocide, the likes of which the world has never seen. It, it was straight up genocide. Like, as you heard Andy Garcia even say, like he yeah. says, it's genocide, right? Wiping out our enemies and like, who are our enemies? All, everyone? Except he, the, good, the good bits, as, as, the, as the, British, the Brit guy would say? He called it a preemptive strike. Preemptive strike? <laughs> what does that even that's, mean? That's scary. That's like... <laughs> that is that is some scary M. Bison talk. And he sure. invoked 
the the Lord, right? He said, tomorrow the sun will rise, all our enemies will be gone, wiped away as if by the hand of God. Like, now that's the, the sh- shades of Osama bin Laden. Like this guy is like, put all the... Put all the real life bad guys combined, but we're talking this guy, right? The crazy, the craziest part was when he talks about he wants to take America back to 1945. Oh my god, shiver, shivers. What the hell? And and like then he talks about oh science is is you know it's playing God itself, and it's just crazy to me. Like this dude, can we give him a five? I mean, I'm not endorsing his plan. I'm saying it's no, but I yeah, I think like yeah, as far as like world domination goes, uh, villainy goes. I mean, this is this is un- unprecedented, and it's also like unexpected coming from a movie named Geostorm, a movie <laughs> about natural disasters that we're gonna get a, a you know a villain the likes of which the world hasn't seen since the 1940s. 1945. Aside, you know, we got Hitler mixed with Osama bin Laden and sprinkle. <laughs> I mean, a, a little bit of a little bit of MAGA in here with a with a bringing it back to the 1940s. That was that was absolutely on purpose, wasn't it? The whole yeah. piece about like 1945, like that was obviously yeah. right. They wanted to take you to World War II there. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking about some of the other fives that we gave out before. We gave Catherine Tremell a five. We gave Terry Silver a five. We gave the Superstorm. We don't have a ton of fives. We gave Bennett a five from Commando. I mean, this is it's this might be the the highest five, the hardest five we have of the show, yeah. right? And unexpected, the one of the most unexpected fives. I wasn't expecting a five villain from this movie. I I think it's a five, and it's not even yeah. a question. And, and and not until his speech, his his rationale did did we know? I mean, this came out of nowhere at the end. And, and the that, fact that he, there was a whole part where he said he wanted to even. Uh, he want he was going to have the line of succession. He wanted to direct the storm right on Florida so that he could be sworn in, like at like a yeah. midnight ceremony. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Geostorm come from ninety minutes till the geostorm hits Orlando, Florida. Yeah. yeah. Wait, did this come out of nowhere for you? Because Absolutely. when you talk about the guy in general, I was like, okay, maybe he's manipulating some stuff. He had some political motivations, but to sure. wipe out the earth. Yeah, no, I didn't think it was going to be this grand. <laughs> it's like it went, no, it went zero to ten like out of nowhere. I'm like, it's what scary. The hell? <laughs> oh my god that's what i'm saying like so anyway i i don't there's nothing more to say on this it's a five hands down let's talk about his henchman because we had the secret service guy that oh, guy god. was he pushed killed the other killed, dude. killed poor chang killed, killed, the, killed the poor killed the car our, our hero smart car driver <laughs> chang just Check pushed him out. into traffic in the most obvious way and walked away like nothing happened <laughs> in front of a crowd of people <laughs> it was so obvious that's why <laughs> That's why I thought it was Abby Cornish was involved because yeah. she gave a look as if like she yeah. knew it was going to happen and yeah. she didn't stop it. And then and she I, ran after the car, clearly not going to make it in time. And she kind of stopped. And I was like, yeah. is she trying hard? Is she trying yeah. hard enough here? Yeah. But I, that guy was, I mean, that guy was pretty ruthless. Mm-hmm. He just died pretty easily. Yeah. I mean, can you call Dutch boy his henchman? I mean, he had the, 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 uh, the British guy who was yeah. doing the computer hacking. Yeah, the young British guy was his henchman to do a little like a man, man in the man in the room type of thing. But really, I mean, we're we're talking about twos here, right? Yeah, I mean, you yeah. can't call the Geostorm his henchman because he couldn't control it's, it. It's not fair. Yeah, it has to be a two, right? Like yeah. I, I don't think that. It's... And not that they were good. It's just that he had two of them, which good for him. Yeah, I'm sure but... he had a few. I'm sure he had a few more, but they weren't, you know, un, unknown at the time. I mean, the the. the... Computer hacker got airlocked, right? He just got instantly airlocked. He was a complete total bust. Yeah. It's the Secret Service agent was good, but he got beat pretty weak too. So I feel yeah. like I don't know. So let, let's recap it. So let's go two there. I th- I'm definitely on board. 
So we got look and style at two, hideout and layers of one. His plan is a five, a f- the strongest five the world has ever seen from yeah. our from our wish, podcast. Wish we could give him a six, really. Yeah, we really could. I mean, I know we used to do bonus points. We don't do yeah. it anymore, but this guy deserves one just for that. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, a two for henchmen, so that puts him at a, a ten out of twenty. So you know, we're we're looking at a ten out of twenty. Let's 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 sort this list here. We'll put him. I feel in. like our last one was tied. Didn't didn't. Uh... Billy Loomis got a 10? Yeah, Billy Loomis got a 10. Yeah. So he's up here with Mr. Freeze from Batman and Robin, Rachel Phelps from Major League. We got Death from Final Destination at a 10. Jerry Jones has a 10. The Billy Loomis has a 10. The Geostorm has a 10. Right below Al from Angels in the Outfield as a uh, 10 and a half. Our secret and villain. And up. Our, our secret villain. Man, if this guy only had better henchmen or better yeah. look and style, he, he yeah. should have had a different outfit when yeah, he revealed you know himself. If Rico had been more active in the movie, Rico had potential, right? Yeah. But he just didn't do enough. That's that's the thing they don't they didn't give him enough. So yeah. I wish a, I wish that um, Ed Harris would have been revealed sooner as the villain. Uh, yeah, they could have done been a, mid, a mid movie twist where we have more of the movie time to see him do villainous things rather than it be. It wasn't a shocker because the second I saw Ed Harris in the movie, there's our villain. You there knew, is, you knew because of course he was. I wish there was more time to play with that to like show him doing the bad. There's a lot of what ifs in this movie, and I feel like maybe that's a good way to sum it up. Like, there's a lot of what ifs. Now, I'm curious if the rewrites or the reshoots changed the plot. Like, I don't know what it was before this, yeah. but I think that there was a lot of what ifs. Like, I think what you just said there, Ed Harris it, playing a more prominent role as a villain instead of a reveal, I think would have been good. Maybe more of the weather. There's a lot me, of stuff. Let me ask you this. Do you think that the the espionage who done it was, was an add-on? And maybe the movie was more weather centric. It could do you think have been. This, do you think it always was this who done it type thing? I mean, it's it's hard to to rewrite that because there was so much of the who done it. I mm-hmm. think maybe some of the rewrites. I was wondering if the Abby Cornish stuff was was rewritten. Like maybe she was bad or something. Yeah, it could be. Could be. Maybe she was in. Like there was just scenes where they made it so obvious that she was. But they did the same thing with the security guy in space, right? The guy who they made him look like he airlocked the other guy. I forgot his name, but he was the security officer. Mm-hmm. They made that seem obvious too. I, it could be. I, it's just interesting. Like this movie had a lot of potential. I still liked it for the record, and I was entertained because I just was interested in sort of a mindless, dumb movie, and and I liked it. But I could see why you were disappointed because if you're expecting yeah. more of a day after okay. tomorrow, you know. Here, now, ha- after having spoken about this with you for over an hour. Maybe I can change my mind a little bit here. I'm allowed to change. I can change. You can yeah, change. Yeah, you're allowed. We all can people change. Can, people change. I think you're right. I was disappointed by the lack of, you know, it being a disaster movie, right? But after talking through, like, yeah, you know what? It was kind of fun. It was, it was, it fun. was, kind, of, it was kind of dumb fun. Still not a good movie, but it was more fun than I, you know, looking back on it. Yeah, it was fine. It was okay for what it was. Maybe 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 I'll maybe I'll let it have that twenty seven percent rotten tomato. <laughs> maybe no, it no wasn't. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't too high. No, it's just right. Just right. maybe. Maybe it was just right. Should we do that part again? Do you want? Do you want to rewrite it? Too, too low. Yeah, too, too high. high. Too, too high. Too <laughs> low. No, I mean I think that's a good way to sum it up. Look, if you guys are interested in watching this, it's on HBO Max right now as of November twenty twenty two, whatever the date is these days. Check it out. You know, we spoiled the hell out of it, but it it's a fun movie. You're not expecting much. You'll enjoy it, I think. So that's how I would sum it up. And I wouldn't probably watch it again, but it's it's a it was a fun movie and I didn't feel like I was bored. I wasn't on my phone during the movie, put it that way. Yeah. So before we get out of here, I know you've been asking for more Apple podcast reviews and Demanding. Demanding. our 
the 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 prayers of your your prayers were answered here by uh, our, our patron saint. <laughs> Keep God out of my podcast, Drew. Yeah, Jay, Jay Wigan. Thanks, Jay, so much for leaving us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. I'll just read a, a little snippet of this thing, but um, thank you, Jay, for leaving this. It was five stars. This is an epic podcast. Uh, just I have to call this part out because it was it was pretty funny. He said the points brought up by Drew and Badway are their honest opinions. Even if they like a director or actor, it will not stop them from mentioning something comical that wasn't meant to be. If Steven Seagal decides to take a shortcut during a car chase over the bumpiest possible road, you'll hear about it. Mm-hmm. There's more in the review. Go check it out on Apple Podcasts as you go and leave us one. But I just appreciate Jay calling that specifically out because that describes yeah. what we do to a T. Yeah. <laughs> Bumpy road shortcuts. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll tell you. You know, if if you're if we love you as a character, but you're also a bad father, you're gonna you're gonna hear about it. You're gonna yeah. hear about being a bad dad. That's what we do. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Jay. And uh, Jay Jay has also been active in writing into us, and we appreciate everything that you write in, Jay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I like your scenarios too. Good, yeah. good, good alternative scenarios. <laughs> I like it. Jay left some awesome comments on our YouTube page. So if you guys enjoy our show and you prefer to use YouTube, we don't have video right now, but there's the audio is on YouTube. So check it out. Leave us some comments on there. Uh, the other thing that Jay just called out, and I, I appreciate this too, was just talking about how we try to give a fresh take on some movies. And I think something that we've always tried to talk about is we do watch a lot of movies that we've seen before, whether they're rewatchable or whether it's something you forgot that you liked. But you are getting our perspective now on it versus what we saw when we when we first watched it. So I'm glad that that's coming through in the show and it's what we kind of strive for. So thanks, Jay, for all the love that you've been giving us on YouTube and and really the the other things that you've written in. And, and everyone really that's taken a minute and left, left, left us a review, sent us an email, sent us a tweet. We try to respond to every single person. So thank you all for for checking us out and subscribing. And if you haven't left us a review and you're thinking about it, you're on the fence, please consider leaving us one on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to the show. You can hit the subscribe button. It's completely free. We don't charge you anything. <laughs> we're we're here every other week. Thank you all for, for, for checking us out. We're going to do another movie and we'll actually just talk about it here. We're doing a Thanksgiving movie next on Thursday, November 24th. So you'll see us in, in two weeks then. We're going to be doing Son-in-Law. It's been a while since we've done a... Uh, it's a not, there's not that, not that many Thanksgiving movies, right? We, yeah, what do you we, get when searching. you Google Thanksgiving movie? Yeah. So why not Polly Shore? It's our, it's first, uh, our second Polly Shore. Shore feature, really. The first one where he's the main character, for sure. Yeah. Well, one day we'll do Biodome at yeah. some point or in the army now. But Son-in-Law, I think it's that's a good one that we'll do. We got a couple of requests for that one a while ago. But it's actually going to release on Thanksgiving. So as you're yeah. driving to your family's house... There you go having some turkey check us out thursday november 24th we'll be back if you want to send us a movie request send us an email the last row podcast at gmail.com leave a comment on the episodes page the last row podcast.com follow us on twitter tweet at us at the last row pod instagram anywhere you get your social media hit subscribe hit like thank you all so much and we will see you guys in two weeks hopefully you do not succumb to a geostorm see you soon see you. if this movie was rated r do you think we'd have got a little bit more of that pillow talk scene a little more, man. A little uh, revealing nightwear there. That was yeah, a little whoa, PG thirteen. Whoa. I thought it was a little risque there. They were where they were well, going was, with that scene. It was big level, you know, big level. Yeah, big level. Uh, soft core nudity, which is not nudity <laughs> at all. Soft core nudity is not nudity. <laughs> what is soft core nudity? You know. Is it a hand? Like- <laughs> yeah, soft core nudity means you can see. You can imagine easily. But you can't see. Yeah, it's it's revealing in your mind. Did I just make that up? Did I, just make I up think you did. Nudity? You just like I we made up consensual beatdowns. Consensual beatdowns and the software. <laughs> 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 New term only on the Last Row podcast. Yeah.